In a Forrester study commissioned by Sinox, only 16% of all surveyed customers recently experienced interactions that exceeded their expectations. This indicates that although organizations are committed to becoming more customer-focused, they have insufficient understanding of customers' expectations and are failing to deliver quality experiences. In more developed markets like Hong Kong and Singapore, customer experience sentiments were the lowest with only 17% and 9% respectively experiencing interactions that exceeded their expectations. Patsy Wong, Chief Strategy Officer at Synox, says customer experience is the battleground that organizations must compete on. Now, in today's podcast for Future CIO, we are joined by David Coghill, Head of Solutions Engineering Asia Pacific and Japan for Twilio, to talk about the impact of automation on customer service and experience. David, welcome to Podchats for Future CIO. Hi, Alan. Great to be here. Give us your state of customer service today. What is working and what isn't? You know, this is, this is one of those areas, Alan, that had massive change and transformation recently. If we think about what customer experience and customer service used to mean pre-pandemic and what it means post-pandemic, it's vastly different. Even to the extent that now we see that more than 50% of all customers' engagements, whether it's customer experience related or specifically in customer service, are now digital. And what that's meant is that customers have had to transform incredibly rapidly to catch up to where their consumers are. Now, in some areas, that's working really well. And we see that, for example, with some of Filio's customers like Electrolux, they've been able to very rapidly transform, going from being a very physical contact center based experience where we had people actually sitting at desks, answering telephones and and answering online chat services to being able to get to the point where they have people working from home, spinning up remote virtual contact centers incredibly quickly, whether it be in Malaysia, Vietnam, Philippines, just in a matter of days, because they've had to transform so incredibly quickly. And what we've even seen over the past two years is that all of these plans that our customers have had to digitally transform, they've been able to compress more than 6.8 years worth of digital transformation into just the past two years because they've needed to keep up to where customers are going. Now, that said, customers and their expectations of what brands are doing for them have also evolved massively. And so we've seen that in Singapore, as an example, more than 75% of brands think that they are delivering a personalized experience for their customers. But in reality, their customers, fewer than 50% actually agree that those brands are delivering personalized experiences. And as you cited with that research just there, customers are willing to leave brands that aren't providing that true personalized customer experience for them. So what we're seeing is if brands do invest, then there's massive ROI. In Singapore alone, we saw that more than 97% of brands have said that there is a positive ROI in investing in providing a more personalized customer experience. But for those brands that don't, unfortunately, there's a lot of downside there. Where are the major failings as regards to the use of these automation tools and processes? Yeah, now there's some really great use cases for automation. Now, giving you an example of a really great Asian brand, Chope. Now, a lot of people in Southeast Asia have heard of Chope. It's a dinner reservation service that enables you to go online and and book your favorite restaurants. Now, they want to be able to make that process as automated as possible because if you think about it, you as a consumer, if you wanted to physically pick up the phone and talk to someone in every single restaurant that you wanted to book, well, 
there's a strong chance that there won't be someone actually available? What happens when you want to book and it's actually 7am in the morning and the restaurant's closed? This is a great opportunity for automation. And what Chope was able to do was fully automate their IVR. Yes, we talk about it as a slightly older process, but IVR still got legs. And what they were able to do is put it in the hands of small and medium-sized enterprises to be able to have that fully automated experience for booking. Absolutely amazing, huge impact on the restaurants and food and beverage providers that Chope is helping to support. And what we've been able to see with them is for that kind of very predictable service that consumers want to use, automation is absolutely amazing. But some of those key touch points where things are going wrong, that's where it's not necessarily about replacing the human interaction with automation, but augmenting the human interaction with automation. So for example, making sure that you're putting the right channels in place so that customer service agents can communicate with their consumers on the channels that they choose to, whether for example, it's WhatsApp, web chat, phone, email, but at the same time, serving up that data to those customer service agents so that they know how to recommend a personalized experience. So automation is great for some areas of the customer experience where really we can just make things so much more streamlined, but it's certainly not the be all and end all. And what we really encourage our customers to do when they're thinking about their brands, it's what areas could be automated and where's that going to deliver additional value to their consumers versus what areas actually will the personal touch be better and how can we help make that personal touch better through automation? Vendor marketers have been announcing that technology is an enabler for uh, almost everything uh, within a business, including customer service. Who decides what technology should be integrated into an existing process? Mm. And and I'd agree 100%, Alan, with that statement that definitely technology is an enabler when you're thinking about how you can improve that overall experience. And, And really, when we think about that experience, we've got three major stakeholders. On the one hand, we've got customers and we're all here because our customers have needs and we as a business want to address those needs. Second, what we're seeing increasingly is the rise of the chief customer officer in businesses. Now, the chief customer officer is really in charge of designing what is it that we want to help our customers achieve when they're working with our brand? What do we want that overall experience to be like? But how do we empower that chief customer officer to achieve results? Now, when we're talking about technology, that's really the development team within organizations. And so what we're really trying to do at Twilio is create that great triangle between customers, chief customer experience officers, and the technology and development teams within customers so that we can, on the one hand, help the CXO achieve and and deliver on their dream, but also help customers hit their expectations and reach the kind of outcomes that they're trying to achieve. Speaking of that, what sort of metrics should be used to evaluate the effectiveness of such an effort? Now, this is one of those things that's actually changed quite a bit over the past few years. What we might have seen in the past is things like, what's the average hold time? How long does it take to resolve each case? What's the open queue? What are the number of cases per agent? But what we're seeing more transformed organizations start to do is think more about things like customer satisfaction. How are the customers feeling at the end of this transaction? And the reason we say that is often when a customer needs to reach out and talk to a person in person, it's because something's gone wrong. Now, or there's been 
been a little hiccup in the service. Now, unfortunately, when there's something going wrong, that is when customers are most poised to leave. And what we see in our research is that up to 60% of consumers would be willing to leave a brand because something's gone wrong. Now this then, yes, it's the opportunity for customers to leave, but it's also an opportunity for brands to build trust and build love with their customers. And so what we really see is on the one hand, from a customer's perspective, yes, how do we drive that customer satisfaction, even net promoter scores, that's something we see increasingly. But on the internal side of companies, it is how do we reduce that busy work for agents? How do we make sure that their roles are actually interesting because we're putting all of the tools, all of the data at their fingertips so that they can then in turn drive that customer satisfaction. Now, depending on the industry, what we might also see is things like what is the average basket size? How can we help customers want to buy more? Or what is the time between purchases? How can we get customers purchasing more quickly? What we're really seeing is how can we take customer service and customer experience and turn it not just from a, a cost center that is kind of done the same across all customers and, and all companies. How do we turn it into a profit center that is actually personalized based on what an individual brand's consumers want, but also based on that company's customer lifecycle and the product and service and experience they're delivering? It really should be customized for them. I could ask, would you be able to cite a use case today where automation has proven to be an effective approach to enhancing customer service? Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the ones that I'd really go back to is Chope that I mentioned a little bit earlier. And now Chope is one of those organizations that pre-internet, frankly, could not exist. How could you have a service that brings all of these different providers into one place? And even pre-mobile couldn't really exist. It's about creating networks across all sorts of different organizations and consumers bringing them all together in one. Now, what automation is able to do for them is without the need for consumers to physically call or find out whether a brand accepts WhatsApp conversations or does this one only do online bookings via the web or does this one only do phone calls? Does this one only do SMS? What Choke was able to do was bring all of those together into one. And so whether you want to use WhatsApp, SMS, email, voice to make your booking, you can reach out to any of these providers and actually make that reservation without needing to come into contact with an individual person. And so what that's able to do is help them to streamline hundreds of millions of potential human customer service interactions and turn them into something that is completely automated. And what we see when they do that is that the business outcomes for themselves are great, but also they're creating that network effect for the consumers and also the food and beverage businesses that they're supporting. And that just frankly wouldn't be possible without automation. Chope is an aggregator of information, an aggregation service. And so they would partner with the actual companies like, say, a hotel or a restaurant mm -hmm. to extend the engagement contact with potential customers. How come these organizations themselves, the end providers, the, the hotels and the restaurants, how come they're not implementing similar services? Or And these are brands that are large. They have a long history of customer engagement. They've been around longer than a, a Chope, for example. And they seem to be more manual in how they engage with customers. They actually have the real customers behind them. Chope is just a, a platform aggregating. And lucky for Chope, if I actually happen to contact them, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas with a hotel, I'm a customer that normally go to already by default because I like my experience there. What's happening here? 
I think what we're seeing, Alan, is really that rise of aggregators. And then we've got individual companies who are either choosing to plug in to those aggregators or who are choosing to go it alone and either rely on the traditional techniques that they've always used or attempt to digitally transform themselves. Now, what we see in those ones that are attempting to digitally transform themselves, absolutely the ROI is there. Over the COVID period, what we saw was that on average, companies who invested in more digital transformation saw a 61% increase Mm. in the ROI that they got from that investment. Uh, And unfortunately, it sounds like that hotel that you called up and made the booking in hasn't chosen to make that investment yet. But on the other hand, the rise of aggregators is so fascinating. I'd I'd love to tell you about another customer that we worked with in Indonesia called Bukuwarung. And Bukuwarung is all about providing financial services to micro-enterprises or small and medium businesses who themselves wouldn't necessarily have the skills to come up with all of the tools that they need to manage their business at the financial side. All of these customers could have done it themselves. That's a, a possibility. But these high-tech companies like Bukurwarung are really coming in and helping transform the experience so they can lift all boats and really help the overall economy achieve more things than what might have happened if we just saw, well, what happens if individual little companies go and do their things? And interestingly, Bukurwarung is also a really great example of where they've been able to achieve automation for simple things. And so these micro enterprises can write to Bukurwarung on WhatsApp again, a really great way of interacting for some of these businesses that don't even have a single computer in the company. It's people with mobile phones and people with stalls. And what they see is a huge percentage of those queries going into WhatsApp can actually be answered automatically and via AI, which really means that you've got this company and and to use your terms, it really is an aggregator that is helping all of those people in its ecosystem to achieve more than they might have otherwise. What is your advice to leaders looking for a more effective and efficient customer service operation? There are a couple of things that that I would highlight. Firstly, make sure that you're focused on the right fit. And that really is, what do your customers want? What are the outcomes that they're trying to achieve? The second is that customer experience is a differentiator. This is not the time to go and see what kind of solutions can we take off the shelf and see if we can kind of squish them into looking like what our organization needs. What we've seen amazing success with customers doing is saying, okay, we have a North Star of where it is that we want to get to, but how do we take technology components and use the skills to develop within the organization what it is that we really want to achieve so that we can achieve those goals? And I think that really is one of the major transformations that's happening in the industry right now, where it's no longer a one-size-fits-all world. It's about how do you create that truly personalized experience, not just for your consumers, but for you as a brand that fits what you want to do. Now, if I could add one more question to this, you spoke about the need, the desires and the recommendations. What about, okay, let's say you've sold me on the idea already. I need to transform the way I engage with my customers as a marketer or as a CIO or CFO, whatever role I have in my organization. What is the cost involved to engage an organization like Twilio to help me transform how I engage with my customer? Where and where do I start? What's the process like? 
Well, one of the things that that makes new breed companies like Twilio so amazing is you can literally go to twilio.com, look for the sign up button in the corner, and you can create an account. There is zero cost involved. In fact, we'll actually give you credits to start getting up and running with our platform. But at the same time, we'd love for you to reach out to us. Now, obviously, we have a whole lot of automated systems in place if you reach out via uh, twilio.com or reach out to us, for example, on Twitter. But as soon as you're ready for us, we'd love to reach out to you and have that human to human conversation as well because what we really want to do is be helping our either current customers or prospective customers to transform their experiences what kind of cost am i looking at if i'm going to be building a platform i know it's a it's a wild question because it could range from anything couple of hours of consultancy to really changing the way we build our systems what you could be looking at, if it's something as simple as putting in some automated two-way messaging, that's something that might cost you as, as little as a few dollars a month. Now, the actual setup, that might be a few hundred dollars to a few thousand dollars, depending on how much you're able to do yourselves, through to the big end of town, where yes, there are some customers and, and some companies who spend hundreds of thousands or, or millions of dollars on transforming their customer experience, but there really is no real barrier to entry. For just a few dollars, you really can get started. And I can assume you can scale, right? As you see the results coming in, you can then start amending the process, bringing in more technology, more automation in order to get the better results. Or Well, exactly. To give you a a little tidbit on that one, uh, a little company that some people have heard of now is Deliveroo. Deliveroo started using Twilio quite a few years ago, plugging us in for their SMS programmable messaging. Now, for the first few months, we didn't even notice. They were just a small company doing their thing, using our platform. But as they began to organically scale up using Twilio, all of a sudden that prompted us as companies to, hey, let's talk together about how we can be more strategic in growing these things. Really is about how do you start as small as makes sense for your business, hopefully see the success that grows from that. And we'd love to then be be part of that success with you. David, thank you for joining me on Podchats for Future CIO. Thank you, Alan. It's been a pleasure. That was David Coghill, Head of Solutions Engineering for Asia Pacific and Japan at Twilio on the topic of maximizing the impact of automation on customer service and experience. You are listening into Podchats for Future CIO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for a free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podchats for Future CIO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podchats for Future CIO. Bye for now. Thank you.